0: All right, welcome to the Lions Guide podcast, where we take on topics in performance and personal growth by exploring success stories of our guests, learn the lessons from their experience and gain insights on performance and execution that might help us establish clarity, build courage and lead. I'm your host, Dale Walls, founder of Lions Guide and your certified high performance coach. On today's episode, you're going to have Mr. Colin Knox on and Colin has spent the last 20 years deeply embedded in the technology field. He founded both Excel Professional Services MSP and Passportal. Colin led both those organizations as the top executive through several consecutive years of triple-digit growth from $0 in revenue to millions in recurring revenue until they were later acquired by F12.net and SolarWinds, respectively, taking both businesses from founding to successful exit in just 10 years. He is now the founder and CEO of Gradient MSP, which is focused on giving vision and voice to MSPs, both small and large. Colin is a technology innovator, Passionate leader and professional speaker focused on advising entrepreneurs how to grow, expand, and mature their businesses. If you like the sound of that, before we get started, I ask you to hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss any of our other great guests and content. And if you're already enjoying the show, drop us a review about what you think about the podcast so far. This podcast is sponsored by Lions Guide, so if you've been tuning in and getting value from the show, please support the podcast by going to lionsguide.com, at a minimum, subscribe to our email list, maybe become a member, or even apply for a free one-on-one coaching strategy session with me, Dale Walls, your certified high-performance coach. Aside from our services, we have some cool Lions Guide gear out there as well. Check that out to show off your pride and live in the life of courage, clarity, and leadership. With that all said and done, let's start the show. Everyone, hey! Welcome to another episode of the Lions Guide Podcast. And uh, today we've got the man, Colin Knox, on the show. And uh, I invited Colin on because you know he's just had multiple business successes. Uh, he and I, you know, probably indirectly have seen each other out in the industry. You know, we've both been in the IT services industry for the last couple of decades. But um, not until I did uh, that, I retire out that I kind of said, "Hey," probably only had time to reach out and go, "Hey, hey, I'm Dale. How's it going?" But um, yeah. I want to have Colin on the show because two things, he, he's su- successfully started and exited a few businesses. And, and those entrepreneurs out there or even people that are at a senior executive level know that's a lot. <laughs> it's a tough grind and I wanted to kind of get some, get a feel for what you found in your formula for success there. But also the other thing I just appreciate you about you, man, is like your post on LinkedIn, especially you, you have a lot of humility, right? You, what your, uh, regular content and, and articles are about like where you screwed up and these, you know, these things and then the lessons you learned. So I really appreciate that, uh, in a world that sometimes it seems like there's just too much ego. Everyone's perfect. They don't make mistakes. So, uh, I really appreciate and honor of that. But, uh, uh so I don't butcher it man give give your background tell us who you are where you come from what you're all about
1: yeah sure so you know it's funny you said I've I've successfully started and exited a couple businesses but I've also successfully started and failed at a few businesses so it's it's kind of par for the course but um really started out uh my career actually in software development and couldn't find a, a good job and realized that you know sitting in a dark room writing code wasn't my ideal lifestyle. So um, from there, I, I got into some network administration systems, admin type stuff um, before jumping in with my first consulting gig at an IT company uh, back in 2004. And I kind of, that was my introduction to the IT channel. And so I did a few hop, skips and jumps through some other IT providers and MSPs before I kind of took a look at it and said, you know what, these guys just don't get it you know, just like anybody else and figured I, I can, I can totally do this and, and make it so much better. Uh, well, I was wrong at first. So I stepped out and and started my own MSP with a business partner. And that went like famously sideways, like just the stuff that, you know, folklore is made of just the bad and ugly stories. So learned a lot of lessons in that go round and was, we'll call it Maybe uh, brave enough, maybe stupid enough to try it again, and was was fortunate on that go round. So built a, an MSP up to four million in revenue in five years, um, and and had a lot of fun scaling that business and learning really the ins and outs of of operating a service oriented company. And so exited that business in 2016. But before I had exited, founded a cybersecurity software called Passportal, which was focused on uh, delivering privileged credential management to MSPs. And so following the exit of, of Excel, which was my MSP, I uh, built Passportal up into uh, um, a decent decent sized operation and and had about 2,000 MSP partners around the world that were using our solution and reselling it to their SMB clients. It was really cool the one day when we got a we got a phone call that, at that company. This was my proud, like, we made it moment there. And that wasn't even when we exited the company, but we got a call from this major, major cybersecurity tech company. And they said, apparently, we need to work on an integration. And we're this kind of small company out of Calgary thinking, okay, why are you calling us? Why are you saying we have to integrate? And they're like, oh, one of our enterprise accounts uses you guys, and so we need to integrate. And we're like, we don't sell to enterprise. We only sell to, to MSPs. This doesn't make any sense. And so they they went through this process and got, got uh, approval to disclose. And anyways, it was one of the Major League Baseball franchises, one of the largest uh, enterprise um, ones who own a number of professional sporting comp- uh, teams. And so then we were like, holy smokes, that's kind of crazy. Like an MSP sold us into that franchise. And then we started digging in and we were in just a ridiculous number of franchises across the NFL, the MLB, like the MLS, like all these professional sports leagues at the top level. It was was pretty cool. So, but yeah, we, we kind of grew that business, did, did well with that. And we exited to SolarWinds, uh, who's now Enable. And then I worked there, um, part of the executive team to really manage their community of, of partners and their global community for a while and, and stepped out to take some time off and, uh, landed myself in a new startup now. So yeah, going around for hopefully the successful round three. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey man,
0: congrats on all your success and and that's it. Like that's that's why I wanted to kind of dig into some of that today. And I guess, you know, what, you know, all jokes aside, you know, what what, what made you want to be in this entrepreneur life? Like what, you know, cause you can easily just go get a job, you know, and, and, pro- and especially in our space, make decent money, even, you know, decent living or whatever, like know. what, what made you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, and, and start these businesses?
1: So I think initially I was motivated by what I, I find now is, is the wrong thing. First it was money motivation, right? It was, I had gotten my technical skill set up to a level where I was being billed out for 200 bucks an hour and I wasn't making anywhere near 200 bucks an hour. So I figured, well, hell, instead of making somebody else rich, I'll just go do this myself. How hard can it be? Right? Well, it takes some work to build up a a client list and get attention and bring people in and uses a whole different uh, set of skills to do sales. But that was the initial thing. After that, you know, as as we saw some success with, with the next iteration of the MSP, it was just, it was that thrill and that like charge of building and optimizing and fine tuning and watching that as you pulled one lever, how you saw other things happen and, you know, working through the challenges. One of the things I always loved about being in IT was the problem solving, right? You always had this challenge that you had to, troubleshoot and work your way around. And then after you came out victorious and you're like, yeah, but, uh, for me, it's the same in business, right? Like a lot of people might shy away from those challenges or problems or difficult or uncomfortable conversations or topics. But, you know, I kind of, I, I jump at that stuff because it's, it's unpredictable and it is unknown and it's uncharted. And so you have an opportunity to learn something either by winning or by doing it wrong and, and having another go round. So that's, that's, that's one of the number one things I think that charges me up. And then I think the next thing is, is being able to foster and watch the growth of, of people on your team. I kind of hate the term employees. I hate the term boss and manager and all of that stuff because it, it it's just a team, right? These people work right alongside me as much as I work right alongside them. So, but but being able to watch their growth and development over time, and you know, be able to provide some coaching and mentorship, and and vice versa to be able to learn from them. So, um, you know, I like that, and I like that we're able to kind of manage and control a business culture that kind of allows for that to happen. Whereas a lot of other companies have a lot of your silos and you, you stay in your lane and I'm going to stay in my lane and, and everything else. So. What do you,
0: and that's awesome. And I think that's something, it's that fulfillment, you know, you you hit on two things I found in, in being a business owner, uh two areas of fulfillment, right? You're serving some sort of client base, no matter what your service or product is, you're serving some sort of client base. But through that, you're serving a team, you know, through employment and challenge and growth and like you said, mentorship. And it's just, it's just, it it is a really positive place you can be, but it takes, like you said, uh, a mindset. I I guess what, from what you wanted to start, you know, when you wanted to start your own business, you know, what were, you know, how, how was it compared to what you thought it was going to be, you know, what are some things that, that have kind of come to, to, uh, to, oh,
1: wow. to the top of this? So many things, so many things. One, it turns out the day after you incorporate, you're not driving a Ferrari around and and taking six week long luxury vacations. You know, I think it's, it's interesting because there's this, I don't know if it's, it's not really a myth, but it just, it's this natural assumption that you have this added level of flexibility and freedom when you start a business, and I guess you could, in theory, have that when you get into business, but not really if you want to build it into something and and have it you know achieve and grow and and become a real thing later in the business life. You you absolutely can, but so I think it it I I had entered under the concept that hey you know what I could probably work half or less the time and make the same amount of money and be able to control my, my destiny that way. Um, and I quickly learned and realized that, that, you know, anticipation of like four hours a day turned into like 17 hours a day. And then you'd go and choose to, well, I'm going to hire somebody and then I can get back down to eight hours a day. And then all of a sudden it's like, Nope, that just bumped you up to 20 hours a day. Cause now you're still doing everything you were doing plus trying to manage and work with the other person. So, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of, misguidance and misinformation whether it's just assumption or fed somewhere that you know being in business is cushy and luxurious and easy and your flexible freedom everything else but uh, takes a lot of work to get to that point and and uh, those that that kind of push through it and put that work in and take the right steps and make the right decisions, get there. And that's an awesome life to have when when you've built a business that's a living, breathing thing on its own and can not only survive without you, but thrive when you're on a beach somewhere or out doing whatever it is you want to do. So, you yeah, know I that. Uh, yeah, look, I- <laughs>
0: I, I oh man! I remember in the beginnings. Uh, you know, it was like like there's, there's there's going to be this company boat. Was this kind of like when we're first kind of kicking <laughs> around the idea? There's going to be this company boat. <laughs> yeah. We still ne- we still never got the company boat, but there is that joke that goes around like that future company jet and all that noise. But I think you know even what you're saying around the the truth of the responsibility of being a business owner, right? To kind of compartmentalize what you're saying there, the truth of the matter, like what is the reality of what is to come When that. I think it's the same thing, even to do the guys that are going, I could be the manager, you know, I I could run this, you know, team, you know, it's, it's, it's really the same thing. Um, Different level, different devils as far as owning the whole operation and the business. And, but still, you know, to the guys that think, yeah, that manager's got easy. He's the manager. He's kicked back. I'm doing all the work. Like now, man, you like, you're responsible for you. The manager is responsible for you, (laughs) your coworkers and himself and the deliverables of the team. You know, it's, it's, it's not easy street. You, You know, that's a big misconception.
1: No, it's it's one of those things, right? There's there's just as much servitude as ever in in management and business ownership, right? I remember so we we took on external funding uh, at Passportal to continue to accelerate that business and I spoke with some other, you know, business owners and colleagues in the industry and they had all said, "Wow, like I I can't imagine raising, you know, that type of money and that amount of money and the pressure that's on you now that that these these investors have put into you and kind of cocked my head and looked at them. And I said, what do you mean? Like all of these investors, yes, it's pressure, but they have a lot more money than, you know, the average person and they're, they're hedging a bet and and making it on us and, and whatnot. But any company, when you've got employees, those people are investing and betting their entire livelihood for their household in most cases on you. So I'd say that's way more pressure than than when you've raised investment because you're right, like you have to coach them to be successful. You have to make sure you're recruiting other people that can work alongside and support them um, to continue driving success while you're still trying to drive the whole business forward with business development and sales so that there's still revenue flowing to to keep paying people and that the right financial decisions are made. So, yeah, I think it's it's... Amazing how much pressure can come along with it. But yeah, it's it's not to be overlooked or, or you know, not considered when you're thinking about bringing on the next person or what pressures are against you is, is you're right. I'm not just looking after me anymore. I'm looking after everybody in the company and then their whole family's behind them. Because even if they've got a partner or a spouse that works as well, they're still the kids, Right. Or whatever else is going on or even parents that they're supporting. And if half of that household income or more disappears, well, that's a problem and that's an impact you're having on them, which whether it's because the business isn't doing well and you're forced to, you know, do layoffs or, or downsize or if it's that you didn't coach or mentor that person well enough so they weren't successful. Um, under your guidance and leadership, or if you just made the wrong hiring decision, like that's that's really playing with people's lives and livelihoods. So sure, it is. So on this path of success, you've had in
0: your your various businesses, you know, you've, you're obviously figuring out a formula. You know, what are some of the habits that you think have really contributed to your successes along the way, and, and that you continue to maintain?
1: So I think I think being a little bit EDD has has definitely helped <laughs> being able to shift gears and and change focuses but um honestly I think I think it comes down to always being willing to to dive in right there's there's going to be a multitude of problems that arise and yes you should hire people and have people on the team that that you can trust and and let them be rather autonomous in in your business but just having that willingness to jump in Overlooking the pride that, like, that's below me or that's not my job, and just you know jumping in whatever it takes, whether that's still picking up the phone call at any any size of the company to handle a support incident, talk to a customer, um, participate in a sales call, whatever it takes to make sure that people are getting what they need. The next to me is is just fostering a strong company culture and making sure that. Every decision that you're making in the business, especially hiring decisions and staffing, um, really are rooted in matches to that culture. So, yes, you need people that are qualified to do the job and have the aptitude to perform in the role that you're filling. But to me, culture is so much more important because people can learn skills over time uh, and you can help coach and, and move things along that way. But if somebody comes into an organization, how awkward for them, first of all, to come in and be like, Oh, I don't get these people at all. They're totally different than me. That's not a you know whatever else, or for them to feel ostracized when the rest of the team's like, oh, did you get a load of the new person? Like, yeah, you know, they're they're a bit strange. So, to me, it's it's finding a group that can come together and and melt together like a family or best friend type unit that you know, they're willing to jump in and help people. They're willing to take over. They're willing to cover your back and, and do what's required. Um, instead of, again, just hiring the best of the best and thinking you're going to put this all together and it's going to hang together. So culture to me is is probably one of the most important things in, in any business.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And, and that's true, right? And I think probably the biggest mistakes we make in business fall around making the wrong hire sometimes. Like sometimes you're, you know, not not... It, it, obviously there's a lot of big mistakes to make but one of the the bigger mistakes you're going to make in running your own operation whether you're the manager with hiring power or or that business owner is just hastefully making bad hires it, because yeah. you know it's just you know it's <laughs> the bad apple spoils the bunch it's you know it, like you said, it doesn't align with the culture. In fact, it takes a lot to get someone in the door and and to get them in the door takes, you know, let's say a month or two, uh, then you you'll probably need another month or two to figure out they're not a good fit. Possibly, you know, <laughs> how much time did you lose yeah. just by you know making a poor poor decision or poor hiring decision? You know, so yeah, yeah. culture I think is 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 definitely definitely huge. You know, you talk to, uh, some of those things around the office. You know, so and right now you know you're you're launching a new company. You know, um, you're trying to maintain some high performance in the business, but also outside of the business, how do you how do you maintain it all across the board, right? You know you've got other things going on what's you know how do you yeah. how do you balance
1: yeah work work life balance is is huge um uh, because it's real easy to just let let work and business swallow you up and and take everything you've got but um much like anybody should expect and encourage their staff and their team members to use their vacation time. You know turn off on evenings and weekends and and do that you need to as well and so it's it's a matter of being able to to close that door or or set some boundaries in your life of of when it's okay to engage on things or you know at what level of like critical significance should you be engaged on something so you know we we're in a work from home environment right now and and situation and, and we're going to continue operating as a fully remote workforce with gradient, but um, you know, being able to close the door on on the office area and kind of shy away from it. So you don't have that temptation to be going back in all the time and, you know, turning off notifications on your phone, you know, so I I don't get notified anytime emails come in on my phone anymore. I I learned to turn that one off years ago. And (laughs) if it's really important, phone me or text me. Right. And, and those things I'll look at and, and respond to and, and handle. But for me, it's I'll check email during the, uh, during the business hours and I'll engage with that. Um, but then it's separating out and, and just focusing on what's happening in your family, right? What's going on with your kids, what's got to get done around the house, and, and focusing on your own life and your health. Um, because if you're not healthy and you're not happy, that's going to flow through into the business as well, either in your dealings with your your people, with your customers, your clients, or just anything
0: yeah, you set the tone right like if if you're you've got to bring the energy right you've got to bring the confidence you've got to bring the joy right, and you know, it's a whole thing like it's hard to pour from an empty cup, right, so if you are wore out you're stressed out right you know, and you're coming in it's, it's hard to turn, not wear that on your sleeve, you know, it it just is. So, uh, so you got to find, is is there anything that you do to kind of keep your energy, energy up, you know, to to, through the grind of working the business?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, it's easy to feel like you're, you're spinning your tires and working, working, working with little progress. So I kind of, I take a point every day or if not every day, at least every few days and for sure once a week to just review everything that's gone on and look at and pull out any of the wins, right? If that's, you signed a new customer, if that's a, you know, a customer grew or took on more stuff, if you got a really good feedback, review, anything, any micro win, to me, it's like reveling in that celebrating that talking to the team about it, asking them what they, you know, found, found to be just enlightening or engaging or or exciting for them that week Because it's, the way I find it is if you focus on the positives, if you focus on the good things and you let that drive you, then you're more likely to create and generate more good things to be happening. Whereas if you're focused on what's not happening, if you're focused on what's going wrong, what happened that was not good, then those are, that's what you become tuned to look for. And that's not to say you should never be like, oh yeah, that person's just not doing a good job. Like Keep, keep a high level focus on stuff, but, you know, it's it, you don't want to get to a point where you're nagging about the business. You're looking down on your business or the people that are working with you. And it's just keeping that positivity flowing kind of everywhere that you go, um, because, yeah, it, it changes your behaviors. Just like if you force yourself to smile so much, then eventually it's just going to be a natural thing and you're going to feel better and feel happier that goes down to how your clients perceive you, the market perceives you, your staff perceives you. So, for us, it's it's all about the little wins and and making sure that you you focus on those and celebrate those, and it makes even the bigger the bigger wins that much more uh, rewarding as well.
0: Yeah, I think that 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 is important because it is easy. So I, I find it especially in the tech industry, right? Like. Techs, we just want to get our head down and work. And sometimes we just don't look back. And and what you, what I'm hearing you say is like taking the opportunity to reflect and go, hey, look what look what we've done. You know, look at these things. Because yeah. you know, I, I feel like, yeah, you're right. We're all you mentioned it earlier, like we're always on that next problem, right? We're like, yeah. and, and and there's a part of us that's perfectionist to a sort, right? Where we're always trying to we have these. Iterations, you know, making things better and and so on. Uh, I even find myself. I was doing it today. I was working on some new content, and I'm just like, oh, you got, you got to know when it's good enough, right? Because you're delaying yep. the release by trying to tweak it to perfection, right? But you know, picking your head up and looking back, oh well, wow, look at that! Look at what I've done. It is energizing, you know, to and, and helps kind of I don't know, give the gears, you know, looking for you like you said, more positive stuff instead of focusing on the negative.
1: Well, and it's it's good to have those reminders, right? A, a colleague of mine who'd seen some great success early on, you know, advised me, like, take pictures along the way. And, and I'd equate it just like any weight loss or fitness journey where people say, take your measurements, take your pictures. And then you can, you know, when you're not sure, you can see how long, how far you've come. And, and so we, we took that advice. And yeah, when we got to a point that, you know, we were at at a juncture and kind of an inflection point in the business with Passportal. We kind of pulled back some of those pictures and things we noted down. And we're like, wow, like, look at the difference in the office space. Look at like, oh, we've actually got this. We we hit, hit that compliance. We did whatever else. And and you just realize how far you've come and how much you've matured as an operation. Like, you, whether you've grown revenue by 10x or not to just see the level of operational maturity that you've gone through as an organization is is just so rewarding to be able to do and to be able to compare and contrast where you were and what you were were like at one point to where you where you've gotten to now is to me it's it's just rewarding and, and keeps that inspiration that wow like where are we going to be in the next 2 years now so
0: yeah no absolutely and, it, and it's fun too you know it just kind of gives you yeah, a little bit. Of, it just brings that pride, you know, that, that little prideful feeling of, man, look look, look, what we've done, you know. Hi, everyone. Dale here. I wanted to take a quick break to invite you to join us at lionsguide.com. Have you ever struggled to show up as your best when you really needed to most? Have you ever stared at your week and you just wondered, how the heck am I going to fit all this in? Or worse, have you come to the end of your week and asked, how come you didn't get done what you wanted to? Or maybe have you ever struggled to gain influence at work or home? Or have you felt as if you are a productive person, but you really don't know where you're going or what you want, so the distractions of social media or maybe Netflix take over your day? If any of that sounds like you, I want you to know that you're not alone and invite you to visit us online at lionsguide.com and subscribe to the Lions Guide newsletter or maybe even download some of our free guides to help you on your journey. The time is now to transition to the next level in your performance and personal growth and have some joy in life. Visit LionsGuide.com and subscribe today. You owe it to yourself and those most important to you to be the best version of you. Don't lose any more time. Subscribe today. I can't wait to see who you're going to become. And now back to the show. With that, you mentioned uh, the success of knowing you're getting in all of these major uh, sporting leagues and and organizations and so on. You know, what are you kind of most proud of so far, you know, in in this uh, this career you've
1: put together? Um <laughs> I'm probably most, it sounds totally corny, but I Got honestly, it. I'm probably most proud of the the people that, that came along for the journey and, and participated in it, right? Like, you know, at, at the MSP, a lot of the people that were part of my group are now leaders at the company that acquired us, right? Like having watched what, what happened to their careers after the fact and how they advanced and did, when I look at Passport All, like I used to joke, we had this renegade team of you know, people who at a point in time, more than half of the company had never actually had a full-time job with a structured organization or company. And I looked at, we built this like global technology company that had, you know, innovated in ways that that nobody had doing what we did that just changed and impacted all these businesses. And, And now seeing what how that's transformed and, and how they've been able to leverage that to pursue other initiatives and other things is is really neat to me, right? It's it's kind of always fostering that next generation of things, whether it's innovation or success or, or driving people forward. So that's the thing I'm most proud of is, is the people that have participated and what they've been able to do with the opportunities that – you know they made they they had made available to them and the opportunities that they gave me so that's that's probably one of them um outside of that I think just just being able to take that business to that end goal of an exit where you know somebody like everybody in business is always like, "Oh my business is worth something you know whether they're very right or very wrong about how that how much it's worth. They all have this belief that it's worth something, but like everybody knows, it's not worth anything until somebody's willing to pay something for it. And that's not just a customer. That's somebody coming in to buy this thing that is not you. So to be able to have have built something of, of merit that warranted, you know, the dollar figures that we saw in the end to, to come in and buy that thing without me attached is, is totally cool for me. Um, and something that, you know, I kind of look back and in awe at every day to be like, that really happened.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I could, obviously I can relate to that. And it's like, it's your baby, you know, but you, but, and I think like Advice for folks that are building a business or thinking about getting into the business: you, you do need to separate yourself from it, right? Because if you build it around you, you know that exit possibility. And I think like that's a that's a look back for me because I I didn't really think about exit until we were getting asked to, to exit, meaning we were like M&A was taken off and people were like, Hey, we want to buy your business. I'm like, what? And that, that world was new to me. You know, I'd spent all these years kind of just heads down, you know, from my IT management experience, building this company and of course, learning business along the way, learning more leadership along the way. But my focus was really in the circle of, of Corsica at the time, right? I wasn't thinking, you know, we'll sell this thing. I was thinking I've, be doing what i was doing until i was 65 whatever i don't know um but you know and that was it you know then it was like oh wait this business is not me you know and 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 how do you detach from that and build and and i i did uh, reflecting on after I, i said yeah like i always treated corsica like a work of art right it was my project it was this thing i was building it was my canvas you know and and, but yeah, like, just like those things, like it's a, it's your project car that you're building. It's a, it's this work of art you're doing, like you can sell it, baby, you know, as long as you're not chained to it or whatever, you can put yep. it out there and if it's worth something to someone, they'll, they'll buy it, you know? So yeah, having absolutely. that mindset understanding is, is, is key. You know, So you post a lot about, um, these lessons that you've learned, you know, what's, what's something like a major challenge you've had to overcome, you know, uh, that that probably brought the most impact? Maybe what, where was your most impactful, like I'll say lesson learned out there of something that you ran into or? Yeah, it's,
1: I'd say there's two. So I'm going to steal more time. The first was the gravity or significance in choosing or deciding to have a business partner. You know, partnership can be a very powerful thing when you've got, when you're able to, Two minds are generally greater than one right so anytime you can multiply the level of effort and and, and um, capacity then why wouldn't you do it but it's so critical to make sure that you understand who you're getting into business with and what the skill set and motivations are behind that person of why they're looking to engage and what they're going to bring to the table Um, I made a very poor decision early on in in that first MSP I tried to start, uh, which, which went sideways. But a big part of that was I chose a very poor business partner for me. Um, You know, that person probably could have been very successful on their own or probably could have been a great contributor for some, somebody else. But um, with the way that we were engaging and what my motives were of the business, my intentions and expectations of the business, it was very much the wrong person. And that, that, distracted from a lot of things. And that really inhibited the business to a point where, you know, the business had started growing quite quickly. So it wasn't the failure that way as much as realizing that I kind of hit this, this juncture in this, this intersection point where I had to decide like, Hey, I can continue down this path, building something of greater and greater value. But when the inevitable happens that we need to break this thing up, how many more people is that going to impact? And so trying to find the courage and and build up the courage to go and, and kind of terminate that operating relationship at an early enough stage that, yes, caused discomfort and, and difficulty for the clients and initial employees that were involved you know it that took a lot and i probably could have avoided that i probably should have done it sooner i delayed it a bit too long and and probably could have avoided all of it by just being smart and in, in understanding who i was getting into business with and and even more so what their motivations and expectations were which were out of alignment with mine the next would probably be understanding you know, I talk, talk about understanding the, per, the the potential partners, motivations, and expectations. The next most important thing is understanding yours. Um, we were approached at Excel very fairly early on. Um, you know, it was at the two and a half year mark to be acquired by a much larger national MSP. And all I saw was, was the lights and the dollar signs and continued just plowing down that path kind of irrespective of what we had sought out to achieve and what I had wanted to achieve with the business and where I wanted it to go and, and the purpose for being in that business. And and fortunately for me, that, that M&A conversation, I mean, it got very far along. The team was all notified, everything was ready, just waiting for ink to be put on the paper and let it dry. And then a topic of discussion came up. Fortunately, at that point, which just kind of smacked me in the side of the head and made me realize, hey, you know what, I shouldn't be doing this and getting out of this just for me and and the dollars that's going to come with it. I need to focus on, you know, the people that have gotten us here, what's happened, both the supporters of clients and the people that have, you know, left their jobs to join my company at the time And, and just kind of realized that we weren't done yet and there was more to be had. So I think if I hadn't had that conversation, that could have been a regrettable and decision for me to have exited at that point, and and I know for sure because part of that topic of discussion was I had to walk away from this silly idea called Passportal that I had already started working on. So it would have been a very costly mistake for me in the end, but it also would have almost been been putting some of the employees under the bus with the changes that would have come into play and some of the cultural synergies that weren't there. So always understanding and staying true to your purpose, your expectations and your motives in business. If if your motive is to hit a certain valuation and exit, and I don't care who gets, you know, pushed under the bus or wiped under the rug or whatever else, so be it. But generally, there's a bigger underlying purpose to what you've got into business for outside of just making money and just outside of being able to sell it off. So um, staying true to that is so important. Now,
0: did you in starting these ventures did you have a vision right you know that's you know a lot of folks get in the business or whatever for various reasons but sometimes the missing part of that vision is the exit did you have a plan do you typically have that plan or is that something that just comes to bring comes becomes clear as you go go forth and build the business
1: yeah i think when when we were doing the msp that, that was building a company to be sold, um, but not at the cost of everybody involved. And, and we truly wanted to be able to build something that was actually impacting the business success of our clients. And that was a point of dependency for, for clients. So with that one, there was almost always an exit in mind. Just once we had kind of hit, hit a few milestones, I guess, with Passportal. We figured we actually used to joke at Passportal uh, amongst the foundership and, and early early people involved that one day that it would make us thousand dares. And we joked about that because we knew there was a, a big opportunity for what we were building in a, in a good sized market. But I think we didn't have an expectation of a big exit. Um, and, and we were just doing it for us. We were doing it to solve a problem for us. We were making it available to solve that same pain in the butt problem for other companies like us. Um, we didn't really start to formalize an exit strategy or what we would consider to be a viable exit path um, until we received our first few unsolicited acquisition offers and realized, holy smokes, yeah, this, this could actually be something, right? And so that kind of steered us in to meet early on and kind of have a discussion amongst some early investors and early involved people to say, what are we willing to accept as if somebody hits this number or we hit this juncture? Like at what point are we all in agreement that we're happy with what we have accomplished and gotten out of this and we're going to exit? So we were very mindful at that point and then very focused on what our end goals were and what we needed to achieve. And once we kind of surpassed that, it was just a an evergreen concept until somebody came forward and hit it. We never put the business up for sale. We just had a fortuitous series of events where a number of parties came in trying to acquire us. And we we figured, hey, this could be the writing on the wall. I don't know, so I want to go and compete with all of these companies if uh, if they're that keen on entering our categories. So we did that. With, with Gradient, we're kind of looking at a further path out we're not looking for an exit where we get acquired we're not looking for an exit where you know somebody can acquire the technology or the data or the people or you know any intellectual property that we put together we're more at building technology to empower people and empower other businesses and you know we'll we'll Take on the right investments over time that just help accelerate that and help help foster our ability to do that. Not looking for any sort of monumental, definitive exit um, at this point in time. Although maybe, hopefully, by the time I'm sixty, we've we've landed on something that made sense. But sixty? How old so are you? I can slow down. I'm thirty nine. Thirty nine. Okay, right there I, got, I got a few years left in me.
0: Yeah. The, uh, it, and I think you hit on a couple key things. I want to go back to your challenges a little bit, you know, with <laughs> regard to partners. And I think this goes to like just fundamentally, you know, selecting your team, right. You know, when, and, and just all things, all of your goals, like, you know, knowing who your team is. And if you're going to go so far as to, establish a partnership, you got to recognize like, that's, that's like a marriage, right? So you're not just running out and not doing diligence on whoever you're about to marry, right? It, you should, right? Maybe yeah. granted, there's a fair amount of people that don't, you know, so on. But uh, the reality is, you know, build, having a partner in a business or partners, even that that's a marriage, right? And when it's multiple partners, now you've got multiple, you know, personalities, goals. And and so I think it's really key that if you're going so far to partner with someone on any kind of venture goal, you know, etc, because you could bring that all the way down, like, hey, you're going to go do a a, a week long trip with someone kind of same rules apply, like you want to know, that it's something they're interested in why they want to go because you might get out to wherever you're going and you're you're just pulling in two different directions and now the week's just a pain you know and and that that and i just want to make sure that was you know people should establish some some degree of understanding of what the intentions are and i think you make a really strong point there and then you know knowing your goals like you know you're just not going to hit a target that you don't aim at. Right. So just it, it, it bringing clarity to that. And that was one of the things just in, in kind of putting Lions guy together, like, you know, one of our core values is established clarity, right? Because without it, you're really just shooting in different directions. You're constantly in this fog. And, but to your point, right, if you know, Hey, what's the number that we would be good with? We know we want to sell this company in your case, you're talking about the, the MSP business, you know, you want to sell that company, uh, you're getting some inquiries, you're kind of evaluating and it's kind of forcing you to bring some clarity to it, right? But the minute you bring it, bring clarity definitively, not not with a bunch of ambiguity, but hey, if we can get to this number, we're good. Now you can sit down amongst yourself or your partners or those dependent on you, whether it's your family, you know, or so on, and say, okay, this is what we want. Now you can start reverse engineering to how you're going to get there. And that's, again, and all goals, right? Hey, I want to lose 15 pounds. Okay. What does that mean? Okay. So I'm at, you know, 280 pounds. I want to get down to 265 or I want to lose more, right? Like there's your vision. There's your mark. Now you got to start reverse engineering it to get it back. Um, and that it's just, you know, having that vision is, is what's going to take you there. Um, you know, if I want to lose weight, you're not, you're not going to (laughs) lose. What does that mean, man? I want to get out of this business. I want to do X. I want what, you know, and, and so establishing your vision, your goal, your exit, if you will, you know, you get a promotion, right? What, What do you, what does it look like for you to be executing well in that role? You know, for someone to say you're doing a good job, what does that look like? What do you got to be doing? Like even bringing some clarity, even that allows you to kind of formulate a strategy,
1: get your routines down and so on. And I think it's, I think. It's well, really and execute important. against it, right? Like yeah. somebody can sit there and say, hey, I want that person to fall in love with me. You're not just going to be like, hey, that's, that's good. You're going to try to come. How are you going to woo or seduce that person? How are you going to convince them you're a good person? How are, And it's not just this one hit wonder thing where you're going to have, the master of all pickup lines and swoop in and lay that one down and boom, they love you. No, it's days and weeks and months of effort and execution against a plan and strategy of doing those things to eventually have that person wake up one day and say, holy crap, I love that person. Right? So it's everything through your life. And I think that's the biggest thing that separates the successful businesses and entrepreneurs from the ones who aren't, right? We set that goal. And and it's very few companies that end up executing against and achieving. I remember in the past portal, we were raising a round of investment. And so we went into this, it, it was like a Coliseum style investment pitch thing with a ton of investors all there. And we, we did our pitch and one question came back and said, you know, what do you actually believe your your exit path to be? And we said, "What I, you know, most realistically to us, we're going to hit this eight-figure number in valuation within the next three years. And then we would likely see and expect an exit. And we got laughed out of the room because to them, from the point that we were at, they figured this is impossible and nobody's going to do it. But the follow-up question to that should have been, okay, thank you. How are you going to accomplish that? Right. And not one of those sophisticated investors asked that question. Well, as it turns out, a year and a half after that point, we well exceeded that number and executed on the exit. And the people that understood how we were going to get there and participated early on were, were rewarded handsomely. But it's that execution part, right? You can sit and talk All day long about all the things you're gonna do and all the things you're gonna accomplish. But until you lay down that plan and go and actually act on that plan, you got nothing but a pipe dream. Yeah.
0: Now, and I think that's that's right. Like the fact that you had that number, you had clarity of what you were striving for, even just the power of having that, you accelerated getting there. Not it wasn't three years, it was a year and a half that you that you got there. And I think it's just it's essential. It's essential. And it's not only like we're talking a lot about, okay, how do that's our mark? How do we get there? But even it challenges you to go, okay, that's our mark. Who do we need to be to get there? Right. That's my personal goal. That's our team goal, whatever. Well, to get there, who do you need to be? What do you got to fix? What do you got to improve on? How do you got to be better to to get
1: there? Yeah, absolutely. That's it's, it's the big part, right? Who do you need on your team to get there? What roles do you need on your team? And, and just, Hitting that the whole way along is is critical, and and to me transparency. How do you have a team of people who don't know what the hell you're working towards? Right there's there's a lot of people that think like business is a need to know basis, and the staff will find out when they need to know something. Well, they're all picking up an oar to row towards your dream, so they sure as hell better know what that dream is and what it's going to take to get there, and how you're going to support them to help you get there. So we've always had this approach of full transparency. Everybody in the company knows how much company making, how much revenue it's doing. If we hit projections, if we didn't hit projections, just everything along the way. And then beyond that, we give everybody a piece of the pie, right? There's, there's no reason that these people should, you know, burn their candles at both ends and put in everything they've got for a salary and a pat on the back. So You know, you should be willing to to share the wealth, share a piece of the pie and and have people invested and motivated to, to get to the end goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and it, it makes them feel more committed,
0: right? And, and loyal as a result, right? It's that two-way street. It's not just this dictatorship of this hierarchy of this organization pressing down on you. You're a part of it, right? And and the winning is, st- again, a team sport, right? You know? Uh, no, that's awesome. Uh, and, and I commend you for doing that. So, you know, we're we're running up on the hour here. I want to talk about what is Gradient why was it important to you? Who's who's going to get the most value from this thing? How does it work?
1: Yeah. So, it's, it's an audacious plan on, on this business, but we're trudging down this path to data equality for our industry because I feel like there's been a massive amount of inequity with companies that really deserve a fighting chance, but don't have the same level of access to the insights and knowledge of the industry and their business that the larger, more mainstay type companies have. So what we're putting together is our industry's first, I think, data intelligence platform, where we can collect and amalgamate a bunch of data um, across all of our peers and participants in the industry, so that for every company that contributes their information and data, it feeds them back thousands or tens of thousands fold to just guide them and help them make sure that they can follow the steps of the companies before them who are at that next step or two in what they did to hit that success and how that applies to their business. And even almost just as importantly, avoid the missteps of the companies that did or tried certain things which didn't pan out. You know, we've hit this interesting point in in the like intersection of technology and business and, and everything else that we've got this wealth of data available to us, but it's all siloed either between ecosystems and platforms and individually per each business. And so I think by opening up that ecosystem, by sharing information both cross-platform and and with our peers and competitors, none of the data is named. So if we can leverage that to just understand how the industry is performing, make sure that we've got the best data possible so that we can make the best decisions possible, that's going to elevate the whole industry and make each one of us more successful, both across MSPs and channel vendors. So that's the path we're on right now. We just launched um, kind of the first step to that, which is a, a data cleaning solution or data hygiene module so that. You know, we, we don't have all the data yet to be able to provide back and, and help those decisions be made, but what we can do is help make sure that the data that the MSPs do have access to is as clean and accurate and and you know, beneficial to them as possible to help start impacting those decisions until we hit that critical mass where we can start coming back and saying, hey, here's what you're doing really right. Keep doing those things. But here's a couple things that can just turn it up a notch for you. So that's what we're working on. That's what we're building towards and trying to get as many MSPs into this army as, as possible so that we can, you know, charge forward as a as a big group and and take the whole industry forward with us. Absolutely. Yeah. And th- there's there's just plenty of business out there to be one
0: as an MSP today and collaborating in this regard to learn and propel and evolve the industry for the better. I mean, it's, it's one of those spaces that there is no standard, you know, everyone does things a little bit different and so on. So there's a lot to be learned from one another, uh, in regard of just, you know, the lessons learned that that you're helping compile together. So, so that's really awesome with regard to like, if, to kind of give the final mark here, if you had to kind of explain to someone, what is, what makes you successful, you know, what would you tell them?
1: It's a good summary of our conversation, I think, right? It's it's understanding your expectations, understanding your motives, setting the plan on that, and focusing on the execution, right? Keep your head down, focus on it, and come back up every so often to just make sure you're on the right path. Make sure that your hypothesis is, is panning out. Um, but that's the thing, right? Like, understand your motives or your purpose. So setting and defining your purpose Creating the plan, executing on it, and just staying focused. So easy to get distracted. It's so easy to look somewhere else or try something new. Very seldom is it you try something again for a week, for a month, and and that's the definitive answer of how it's gonna go. So that would be the biggest thing. And then to me it's it's putting trust in the people that that you bring into the team, you know, having the right people there and, and trusting in them to do their jobs so that you can focus on yours and and uh, do what they need from you awesome man well hey congrats on all your success good luck with gradient it's fun watching this
0: thing and like i I just think it's awesome that the industry veterans are the ones out there kind of bringing out these new platforms that are taking the whole space to the next level you know so so kudos to taking on that next that next big problem that we got in in the msp space so uh, how can uh how can people connect with you uh if they want to reach out and get more information
1: Yes, yeah, so you can connect with me on any social media at Reality Knox or just Reality Knox, depending on the platform. Uh, if you want to check out Gradient, just hit up meetgradient.com. Happy to chat with anybody and, and share lessons learned and learned from each other. So thanks awesome. for having any me, more? Dale.
0: No, man, I think it was great. I appreciate you coming out, man. It's, it's, it was awesome, man. Maybe we can do it again someday. Absolutely. All righty, man. Well, thanks for being here.
1: Right. Yeah, thank you.